This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. Oh yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know. It's Valentine's Day. I'm happy. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. More importantly, happy birthday, Arizona and Anna. You're at Arizona Lotus. Anna does a great job of uh, making sure the lights stay on here in this building. Absolutely. And uh, I don't keep, think... keeping us sane. Yeah. I, this place sinks without Anna. Absolutely. And Rob. And Rob. Yeah. Anna and Rob, two very important people here at ESPN Tucson. Uh, but Arizona is also celebrating a birthday today. Mm. Um, in Arizona, February 14th, was it, a, was it 1912? Is that when Arizona became a state? Like when? Uh, yeah. Yes. Nineteen twelve, February fourteenth. We're one hundred and eleven. One hundred and eleven years old. One one one, baby. So enjoy your one hundred and eleventh birthday, Arizona. We appreciate you and we love you. Amazing state, and we especially thank you because you don't have tornadoes, you don't have uh, hurricanes, alligators. You don't have alligators. You don't have uh, lizards. Well, G- Flagstaff. Yeah. And uh, you don't have giant pythons in you in uh in your ceilings in in in, in houses. Yeah, just regular pythons. Did, did you see that video that's been going around on Twitter of people? They heard a noise in their ceiling, and so they called some people to figure it out, and they busted open the ceiling, and these two giant pythons just burst through. And I about had a heart attack because I'm like, dude, imagine <laughs> that thing, two of those things in your house, and they're just living in your ceiling. Fortunately, here in Arizona, only snakes that we really have to worry about are um, the snakes who scalp tickets before games. Um, also, <laughs> the, uh, the disappointment and, from the ones that playing baseball in Phoenix. <laughs> yes, the, the Serpientes, the D-backs, <laughs> and, uh, and rattlesnakes, of course, the occasional yeah. rattlesnake uh, or a corn snake. Right? Is that what we have yeah, corn snakes here? Yeah, but they're not harmful. Well, they're not poisonous. I think it's a bite. Yeah. But... Ask J.J. Watt. He had this whole episode on dealing with a snake in his house and then yep. come to find out it was totally harmless. Yeah. So I can't wait for the for the like C list horror movie to come out in next summer. Double Boa. <laughs> Rated R. <laughs> they're uh, in the ceiling. Only in the Everglades. In the walls. Yeah. Uh, th- thankful that we don't have to deal with boa constrictors, but I'm very thankful for this beautiful state that we call Arizona. Uh, a lot of incredible things. And you know what? This past weekend, great way to celebrate your birthday, Arizona, with the Super Bowl 57 and the Rihanna concert. Uh, plus, you also have Waste Management Phoenix Open. That made a lot of sense. What? That that happened, th- that it was in Arizona this time. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. so, lots of things went down for Arizona's birthday. And uh, we're still going to talk about all of that uh, all throughout the show. Uh, we're going to also discuss uh, what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals because they actually made a coaching hire today. And we'll talk about with Johnny Venerable here from PHNX at 325, Tyler Dragon from USA Today talking NFL with us at 425, and then Saul Bookman, head honcho over there at PHNX, is calling in at 525 to recap the crazy weekend in Phoenix and uh, also – Uh, talk about um, the Arizona Cardinals head coaching move. And then since today is Top 5 Tuesday, Top 9 Tuesday, we will rank Top 5 storylines going into the 2023 NFL season. Who can dethrone 
the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, I know you probably said the Buffalo Bills, but they were favored this past season. Anybody besides the Buffalo Bills, who do you got? We'll talk about those teams, plus we'll also discuss what's next for the Philadelphia Eagles as they enter the offseason. And is Jason Kelsey, is he going to retire? Is that why maybe the Kelsey Bros decided to launch a podcast or getting ready for Jason Kelsey's pro playing career? We'll talk about that in the 4 o'clock hour. And then Arizona Wildcats basketball, we'll discuss that at the top of the 4 o'clock hour as well. So full show today. Going from 3 to 6, if you want to call in, 719-1490 is our phone number, 719-1490. And Spears and Ali, as always, is presented by, I almost said it like, like yeah, Ali, said it like almost like a like they, a country dude. They have to come back. They have, <laughs> Spears and Ali, uh, man, it sounded like from the Midwest. Uh, Spears and Ali, we are presented by Soul Sports at Casino del Sol and brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. All right, let's get right to it. Top three headlines heading into today. One. One. It's finally over with. It's finally, it's finally over with. The Arizona Cardinals have hired a new head coach. I thought you meant the football season. Yeah. <laughs> the pain is it's over. It's finally over with. No, yeah. I'm, I'm actually really sad. Hey, we got more football, though. You got USFL coming up. XFL on Saturday. XFL coming up. We gotta pick a team. IFL, yeah, we gotta, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do that later this week. We yeah. gotta adopt our, our XFL team. Um, we can't like the same team, so we gotta. Do dr- we have to each draw out of a, a hat? Different team or draw out of a hat? Oh, okay. Let let fate decide. <laughs> we're gonna let God decide our XFL we're let, teams. We're gonna go with the Phil uh, Collins rep method. Yep. <laughs> but no, it's finally over with. the uh, The Cardinals have their head coach. They are hiring. Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. Every time he was tired of all the success, huh? Every time I hear that name, I think of um, and true hip hop heads know this. There was a, a pr- producer in the 2000s that I feel like a lot of tracks. Anytime you heard a rap track in the 2000s, the producer would always say their name at the beginning of it, and he and he always said Cannon. I hear Gannon every single time I say his name, <laughs> Jonathan Gannon. But Gannon, he uh, was a defensive coordinator this past year for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been there for two seasons and was obviously a part of the Eagles' run to the Super Bowl this past weekend. And you know what's funny is uh, the Indianapolis Colts hired the Eagles' offensive coordinator as their next head coach. So the two head coaching vacancies in the NFL were filled two days after – the Super Bowl because both the teams decided, hey, we're going to hire the coordinators. The guys who were responsible for getting the Eagles to the Super Bowl, or at least helping them get to the, the Super Bowl under Nick Sirianni, uh, we're going to we're going to hire those guys. So Shane Steichen is the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, while Jonathan Gannon is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And the, the Philadelphia defense, I understand that, you know, guys like Ollie Farhang, who are on the show yesterday, and, and he brings up a fair point. Is he a really good defensive coach, or did the Philadelphia Eagles, led by guys like Fletcher Cox and Hassan Reddick, you know, very savvy veterans in the NFL, did they feast on weaker NFC opponents all throughout the season? And honestly, it's a fair point because, you know, you look at the NFC playoffs, the Philadelphia Eagles dominated. I mean, they put up historic numbers sacking the quarterback. 
But then against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, they didn't sack Patrick Mahomes once. A dude that has a, a messed up ankle, they they still couldn't even get to him one time. So I, I understand that the Philadelphia Eagles probably had a, a little bit of a step back game in the Super Bowl on that end, but I still think that Jonathan Gannon is a really good head coach. And the Philadelphia Eagles defense, really over the last couple of years, I they drafted well. They also picked up a lot of big-time veterans, and they were, they were able to put it all together, and it was certainly under uh, the, the direction of Jonathan Gannon. So I really like this hire a lot um, because I think he is qualified to be a head coach. But when you think about all the other options that the Arizona Cardinals had, man, they they were in the running to get Sean Payton. They were in the running to get Brian Flores. And you look at Jonathan again, he's a defensive coach. So they they have their eye on defensive coaches. Uh, they, they've, had, they've interviewed several other defensive head coaches, guys who are very capable. I always thought Brian Flores was the guy for the job because when you look at the candidates, who can do a, really well with less? It's Brian Flores. Brian Flores... When he was with the Miami Dolphins, they were trying to tank for Tua. They were trying to, you know, lose so they can get a really high draft pick. And what ended up happening? They were actually winning some games and they were competitive under Brian Flores. And he became a defensive assistant under uh, Mike Tomlin, has been with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I always felt like Brian Flores deserved another shot being the head coach of an NFL team. Uh, but. Obviously, that didn't work out. And Brian Flores, I feel like, was offered the job. I feel like a lot of coaches during this process were offered the job to coach the Arizona Cardinals. But nobody wants to deal with Kyler Murray. I mean, he is a a bit of a, a diva quarterback, right? I mean, how much hoopla has there been around Kyler Murray's name, even though the Arizona Cardinals haven't done squat with Kyler Murray as their quarterback. Uh, I still think that Kyler Murray can become a, a quarterback who is in you know that, that second or third tier because he's very talented. Even though he's little, very talented guy. Um, and and I, I think that he's a very exciting quarterback, has all the tools that you want, but how many other quarterbacks have, it, have something in their contract where, hey, man, you think you could put down the video games for a little bit and start focusing on study? And, and watching film a little bit more. No other quarterback has something like that. Kyler Murray did, and then they realized how much drama it stirred up, and they decided to rescind that part from his contract, which I don't really sure how that works because didn't he sign the contract to begin with? How can you tweak it if you already signed it? But I, I don't know about that. Uh, congressional rules. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> but all these coaches that – were in the running to possibly become the next head coach of the Cardinals. I'm sure the Cardinals offer these guys, but they respectfully declined. And you see Brian Flores, you know, taking other gigs in the in the NFL. You see all these other coaches taking not head coaching jobs, but coordinator gigs. These guys would much rather be coordinators at other places than to coach a quarterback like Kyla Murray. And quite frankly, based off of everything that we've seen so far, I don't really blame him. And when you get to the Cardinals organization, you're in bed with Kyler Murray. Not literally, but you're you're coaching the dude. 
You're stuck with him because they gave him that contract. You can't trade him to another team because no team wants it. The Arizona Cardinals, whoever is the next head coach, you are signing up for Kyler Murray. And you have to ask yourself, is it going to be worth it in the end? Obviously, Jonathan Gannon is up for the challenge. But you know what? Jonathan Gannon, I'm sure, understands that he's probably the, the seventh option on that list. Heck, I would have actually hired Vance Joseph over Jonathan Gannon. Vance Joseph is actually a more qualified head coach than Jonathan Gannon. I'm not trying to discredit him because I know I just complimented Jonathan Gannon and the job that he's done as defensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles. But Vance Joseph interviewed for the job a handful of times. How come he didn't end up getting the job? It's a, it's a little weird. You know, Jonathan Gannon, I think, could do a fine job, right? We all had our, our doubts about Nick Sirianni a couple of years ago, and lo and behold, he finds himself in the Super Bowl. We all have doubts about certain head coaches. Shoot, just look at here in Tucson, Arizona. How many people doubted Jed Fish as a head coach when he was first hired? Those same people who doubted him, I'm sure they definitely don't feel the same anymore. So uh, I'm willing to give Jonathan Gannon a chance, but my goodness, this whole thing has been a mess. Now the Philadelphia Eagles, now they got to replace both coordinators. Whew. Their defensive coordinator went to the Cardinals. Their offensive coordinator went to the Indianapolis Colts. Nick Sirianni's got his work cut out for him. And this is going to be a big challenge for Nick Sirianni because next season, yeah, you lost your coordinators, but... Can you get back to the Super Bowl with this talent? Can you at least put a put together a deep playoff run? Because if the Eagles fall apart this upcoming season, Nick Sirianni might be looking like a little bit of a fraud, but I don't think that's the case. I think the Eagles are going to be just fine next season. All right, let's go to the phone line, 719-1490. Uh, looks like we got Mark joining us on line one. What's up, Mark? Oh, hey, how you guys doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. You yeah, know, hold on, Mark, before you start, before you continue... I just want to publicly thank you for the amazing gift that you left us at the front, the Sports Illustrated Miles Simon Cool Cats cover. It's amazing. We have it displayed here in the studio. It's an amazing gift, and we thank you once again for it. Oh, no no problem, guys. Um, but but today, uh, everybody's talking about this Derek Carr and, and everything, like with, you know, where could he be going? Should the Jets take him and everything? But I don't think Derek Carr has a thing to worry about because doesn't he have a, a contract with like CoverGirl and Maybelline for the, the eyeliner makeup that he wears? Love you guys. Later. <laughs> I, he does look like he wears a little bit of eyeliner. I saw he was born with it, Mark. I saw somewhere that uh, it said Derek Carr looks like Sid from Toy Story. The, the the bully, the kid who just has Dude, all the weird toys, who tapes Woody to a rocket. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got lots to discuss on the football end. We'll we'll get into it. We'll we'll talk more about the Arizona Cardinals head coaching hire with Johnny Venerable coming up at 3:25. Let's move to headline number two. 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 <laughs> Kevin Sumlin is back. Uh oh. Kevin Sumlin is back, y'all. Who's, whose ankle is he getting tied around this time? Kevin Sumlin has been hired as the new tight ends coach and co-offensive coordinator at the University of Maryland. Uh, Maryland's head football coach is Mike Loxley. 
and he decided, I want some Kevin Sumlin. I need this guy on my staff. And Kevin Sumlin, most recently, <laughs> has been the head coach of the Houston Gamblers of the USFL. Three wins. Uh, I don't think I don't think that he's going to be coaching the Gamblers <laughs> much longer. It's like he can't even win at the USFL, man. He's had three wins in four years as a head coach. This is facts. This is facts. And I know Arizona football fans, they hear Kevin Sumlin, and they just want to... <coughs> They don't like Kevin Sumlin too much, but Kevin Sumlin is a, a guy who's had success at Texas A&M. Uh, he was uh, the tight ends coach at the University of Oklahoma under Bob Stoops. Uh, but ever since he was fired as the head coach of Texas A&M, it seems like he's never really been the same. And I, I'm sure he's been going through his his mental battles and has been going through a lot. Um yeah, Kevin Sumlin is just not the same guy that he once was at Texas A&M. And then he comes over to Arizona and didn't really seem like he had a good grip on the program. And didn't really seem like he had assistant coaches who also shouldered a lot of leadership ability. It, I, I don't know. It, the whole Kevin Sumlin regime was a train wreck from the word go. Now... The, here's how I look back on the Kevin Sumlin era. Man, they were really close to making a bowl game in his first year. They frittered away a 19-point lead against ASU. So you feel sour about yourself. Then you go into next season. Uh, the, the the 2019 season, they were 4-1. and one. Oh, man, hey, things are looking good. And then they lose out the rest of the way. And then 2020 happens. It's the COVID year. Uh, I get it. You know, Losing guys like Colin Schooler and Tony Fields sucks because... The Pac-12 didn't know what the hell they wanted to do in the, the COVID-19-influenced season, so they started late, and you lost a bunch of players to the transfer portal. And then you lost a bunch of players to the transfer portal. You got players quitting your team left and right. But the fact is that even dur- during harsh times, people wanted nothing to do with your program. I'm ne- I'll never forget when I, I asked Kevin Sumlin, on the week that they lost six defensive backs, Six defensive backs left the team or entered the transfer portal. And I asked Kevin Sumlin, so thoughts on the six defensive or the the several defensive backs leaving your program? And he actually got offended because I said several. He's like, several? What do you mean by several? I said, well, I think six defensive backs is several. I I don't know. It's more than a few. I'll tell you that. And, yeah, dudes were leaving the ship. They wanted nothing to do with the program. And to me, I get it was hard times, but to me that showed lack of leadership. Kevin Sumlin was never a true leader at the University of Arizona. But you know what? I hope he gets through these mental issues and all the struggles that he was dealing with. Um, And I hope he does well at the University of Maryland. Um, Yeah, he was dealing with a lot of issues, but, man, got $17.5 million to not do his job. Fire Division One head football coach. Second greatest job in sports behind Bobby Bonilla. All right, let's go to headline number three. 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 Phoenix Suns are back in action tonight, taking on the Sacramento Kings at 7 o'clock at the Footprint Center. No Kevin Durant tonight. We're not worried about the Queens. We're not worried about the Sacramento Queens. But the, they should be. Yeah, they should be. They really should be. <laughs> the Kings are actually good this year. Yeah. They're number three in the Western Conference standings. So Kings Suns tonight. I'm very excited about that game. All right, tip-off set for 7 p.m. We got you right here on ESPN Tucson. All right, let's talk about Jonathan Gannon being hired by the Arizona Cardinals. 
What do we what do we make of their next head coach? We'll talk to Johnny Venerable about that coming up next. So Jonathan Gannon, you have been anointed as the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. What are the Cardinals getting out of Mr. Gannon? Let's talk with Johnny Venerable from PHNX. Johnny, breaking news earlier this morning, and Jonathan Gannon is that guy. Uh, how how much uh, did you know about this in advance? Because I don't feel like I heard about Jonathan Gannon's name until they announced it earlier today. You've been at the forefront of covering the Arizona Cardinals throughout this whole coaching search. What do you make of just the Cardinals landing with Jonathan Gannon? Yeah, we had a gentleman by the name of Benjamin Albright on our show, PHNX Cardinals, uh, almost 30 days ago, back on, I think it was January 17th. It was right before, I believe, the wild card weekend in the NFL. And he told us that the Cardinals wanted to interview John Gannon. And then because of the time frame of the interview, they were not able to. And then the Eagles kept winning. So that window to talk to Jonathan Gannon kept getting smaller and smaller yeah. to the point where the Cardinals formally did not meet with Jonathan Gannon until for the first time until yesterday, Monday. But dating back to last summer, this is from Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, Monday morning quarterback. Monty Austinfort had a short list of coaches that he wanted to talk to, assuming that he got to be a GM this year, next year, whenever. And, and Jonathan Gannon was on that list. They've had, ha- they've had a relationship. So you fast forward, and as soon as it was made known that the Cardinals were going to talk to Jonathan Gannon after the Super Bowl, that was all she wrote for Lou Anarumo and Mike Kapka, assuming that Gannon had interest. The Cardinals wanted to make it happen. They waited 36 days, Justin, after they fired Cliff Kingsbury to culminate this hiring here on Valentine's Day. And, you know, I think that if you're looking for reasons of hope and optimism, this is a hiring that looks like it was made exclusively by the new general manager, Monty Ford. Wow. There is no miscommunication. There's no meddling. Michael Bidwell has a say. Of course, it's his team. But kudos to Michael Bidwell. For the first time in a long time, the Cardinals are empowering their own to go out and make football decisions, something that was long overdue. So you look at the, the list of names who were interested or interviewed for the the Cardinals head coaching gig and a lot of defensive names. Do you think that this is the Cardinals saying, hey, Cliff Kingsbury was an offensive guy. Let's maybe go a different direction and see how this goes. No, I think this is a way of saying Cliff Kingsbury, not an elite leader of men. And I know that word can get overplayed, but. You know, I use this example. If you if you watch Hard Knocks toward the end of the year, there's a clip. Cliff is is addressing the team, kind of gets sidestepped. Michael Bidwell, basically, Michael comes out and says, hey, I know some of you guys are working hard and a lot of you guys are cutting corners. Michael Bidwell and, and frankly, everybody else, because they won four games last year, knew that Cliff had lost the locker room. And the one thing that everybody in the know that I talk with about Jonathan Gannon is, he is a true leader of men. People follow him. So, yes, is he hopefully an elite defensive mind for the Cardinals? He led the Eagles defense almost an NFL record, 70 sacks, 17 interceptions, you know, six in DVOA. I think they were second in total defense. That's great. But 
you have to be able to lead and lead by example. He's learned that from Nick Seriani, who, yeah. by the way, does not have a specialized side of the ball. He's got an offensive background, but he gets a, the, the 53-man roster for Philadelphia to follow him. And I think that that, above all else, is what they were looking for. And I think it just so happens that, that he is a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. So you look at his uh, background. Obviously, the last two seasons he's been spending with the Philadelphia Eagles and is orchestrating that side of the ball and has done a phenomenal job. What other qualifications does he have prior to his time with the Philadelphia Eagles? He was under Mike Zimmer for some time as a member of the Minnesota Vikings, and that's really when he cut his teeth on the defensive side of the ball. So they're going to run, I would imagine, some sort of a hybrid 4-3, 3-4 defense. Most of the Cardinal personnel should be able, if, if they're kept around, smoothly transition to his scheme. It's very player-friendly. Um, but, I mean, his tutelage, and I would imagine some of the names you're going to start to hear for coordinator roles are going to be Mike Zimmer disciples. And Mike Zimmer, brilliant football mind, in the end just became a little too rigid, something that's not an issue with Jonathan Gannon, who is only 40 years old, his relatability, not Kingsbury relatability, but true relatability with his players is something that you can't put a price on. Mm. Anybody you speak with associated to the Eagles speaks glowingly about him. In fact, the Eagles tried to make a last-ditch effort to keep Gannon over the course of the last 24 to 48 hours, obviously to, to no effect. So um, got some people in the know has been amongst finalists for multiple jobs, not only this hiring cycle, but last year he was a finalist in Houston. He was a finalist for the Denver Bronco job. So the Cardinals, they wait out their guy. They get their guy. It's a, it's a pairing that's worth watching because, again, got that relationship with Monty Austin Ford. Johnny Venerable, Arizona Cardinals insider from PHNX, joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. So I think it's safe to say that Jonathan Gannon – wasn't necessarily their first choice, and I don't think he was their second or their third choice. Uh, when you think about this this whole coaching process and trying to find that guy, how much do you think Kyler Murray, his contract, and how he is has affected the coaching search? You know, I, I think it plays a part. I don't think it's everything. I mean, they, they requested, I think it ended up being 12 head coaching interviews dating back to I think the second week of January. And part of me feels like they went through this process to talk to as many people as they could, um, which is a good sign. They, they were the last people to hire a head coach back in 2013 when they hired Bruce Arians. You know, you look at some of these teams in years prior, most notably, you know, Jacksonville. They wanted to hire Byron Leftwich. He turned them down, so they hired Doug Peterson. I mean, coaches – Teams, they get lucky all the time. Uh, I will push back on the narrative that I don't think it was a, a top three choice. All I can say definitively is I know they liked Dan Quinn, offered Dan Quinn the job, but to me that, that seemed like a pairing that had some momentum before he went back to Dallas. We're never going to know how serious they were for Sean Payton and how serious Sean Payton was for Michael Bidwell and the Cardinals. But again, I think you can take solace in knowing that this is somebody that they've wanted to talk to since mid-January. The scheduling and the hiring of their GM stalled a little bit. Remember, they were the only team, Justin, that had to hire a GM and a head coach. Everybody else 
Tennessee was the lone other team that needed a GM. They already had a head coach. Everybody else just needed a coach. So the Cardinals were already a little bit behind the eight ball. So I think they, they were in a position because there are only five openings where they could truly take their time. If this had been last year and there were 10 openings again, then the sense of urgency, I think, would have been cranked up. But, I mean, at the end of the day, all that matters is they feel like they have a guy that you can go to bat with in the NFC West. It's what Michael Bidwell told us all the way back in that press conference when he announced the firing of Cliff Kingsbury. we got to get back to competing and winning our division, and they feel like Jonathan Gannon can do that. So, Johnny, how does it feel that Pat McAfee would much rather talk to you than talk to Drew Brees? <laughs> it feels pretty good. Uh, we had a chance. I'm sure you've seen the video. Connect with him on Radio Row. Uh, that was that was a surreal moment. We had been wrapping up our coverage awesome. of Super Bowl 57, Radio Row. Uh, you know our GM Saul Bookman's the real MVP. He yep. and our fantastic social media coordinator Michaela Perkins. We're we're in the final minutes of our show live, and they're tearing down stanchions. They're cleaning up sets. We're putting a bow on the week. And over walks over this figure in a flannel T-shirt and just sits down next to us. And, yeah, of course, I saw the Breeze video after the fact. But McAfee, he was he was fantastic, as he usually is. It, it was a perfect ending to a really fun week. Well, and all week long, you guys were putting out some impressive interviews because not only did you have Pat McAfee on, but the day prior you had James Conner on. You had Frank Caliendo on earlier in the week. Man, the whole PHNX team, you guys absolutely killed it on Radio Row at Super Bowl. Brother, it was a lot of fun. Again, I'm, we're only as good as the people we work with. We have a phenomenal team, not only PHNX, but everybody at All City. I think my favorite interview outside of McAfee, even though it lasted about three and a half minutes, was ex-Cardinal Patrick Peterson. Oh, I yeah. Think now that Steve Kime, now that Steve Kime is, is gone from the Cardinals, and that's who Pat P had an issue with, I hope there's an opportunity for some healing that can happen because Peterson was an all-time Cardinal and I know that there's there's some negativity with him and the fan base that I hopefully we can see through and, and get him in the ring of honor. Because, I mean, the Cardinals don't have a lot of former greats, and he's one of them, and, and he, sh- he should get his flowers one day. Absolutely. So, Johnny, real quick, before we let you go, what's the vibe been like in Phoenix ever since Waste Management Super Bowl ended? I feel like the entire Valley has really taken a, a big, giant, deep breath over the last couple of days. Well, on the Durant trade. I oh, mean, let's, Durant let's trade, too, honest. yeah. Like that, on Radio Row, that was the dominant. And, you know, at the time, I was critical of Michael Bidwell, the Cardinals owner, because you're getting upstaged. You're, you know, you're playing host, which I appreciate, but you don't have a head coach yet. And Matt Ishby has been on the job for a half minute, and he lands Kevin Durant. I mean, it, it was a snowball effect. I, I think weekend showed you, and last week in particular showed you, that the Valley and the, the state of Arizona are big-time players in a big-time market for sports, and it's only going to get better from here. No doubt. Johnny Venerable does a fantastic job covering the Arizona Cardinals. Make sure you follow him on Twitter for all the latest with the Cardinals this offseason. Plus, make sure uh, you check him out at gophnx.com and YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Johnny, you the man. Always appreciate you. Take care, brother. Thank you. ESPN Tucson invites you to the 98th annual Parada de los Vaqueros, the Tucson Rodeo Parade, on Thursday, February 23rd, starting at 9 a.m. I got Andrew Donata's head on that, so I know I'm good. The parade kicks off at Ajo and Park. 
to see the parade route, bathroom locations, ticketed grandstand seat availability, parking, and more, go to ESPNTucson.com. See, I read the, the last part, and I, I, I want to roll my R's so bad. <laughs> Tick, ticketed grandstand availability. Grandstand. <laughs> parking and more. Go to ESPNTucson.com. All right, don't go anywhere. More Spears and Ali coming up next. You hit it at Heartbreak Hotel. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy birthday, Arizona. But, man, happy Valentine's Day. It's the day of love. It's the day where you decide, hey, honey, I know it's Tuesday, but let's go wait one hour before we get a table <laughs> at Chili's. <laughs> We're so cynical. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, Valentine's Day, hey, to each their own. If you want to celebrate today and, and make it a big holiday, hey, that, that's on you. But I'm I'm more the kind of guy where I, I show love year-round. <laughs> these, uh... <laughs> these, these co- what the hell does that mean? I show love year-round, right? I, uh, I buy flowers not on February 13th, leading up to February 14th. I buy flowers in March... In July, in December, uh, well, my my flowers in December are poinsettias, um, but y- you can poinsettias or poinsettias, however you pronounce them. Is it poinsettia or poinsetta? I've always said poinsetta, but now you're making me doubt myself. Well, because the poinsettia bowl, they pronounce it poinsettia. Is it really? Poinsetta. I've heard I've heard both versions. It's just like I've heard people say scenario and scenario depends on you know who you are, but I say poinsettia. You say poinsettia. It doesn't matter. I'm giving you a poinsettia in December, not on February 14th. Uh, can you, could you imagine you give somebody a poinsettia on Valentine's Day? It'd be pretty bizarre. But, yeah, man, I'm just I'm the kind of guy where I show love year-round. I'm going to get you chocolates and candies whenever you like. If you want to go out to that great restaurant, we don't have to wait till February 14th to, to go to it. We can go to it whenever you like. Huh. I don't know. I'm, I'm just that kind of guy. But I do appreciate Valentine's Day. I respect it because companies acknowledge it. <laughs> and yet they're going to make sure that you work that day. Like you're not getting Valentine's Day off. But they do show some love to you. And I got to give a big shout out to my Lotus family mm-hmm. here because I walked in and I, I go into the break room and there are breakfast burritos just chopped up in halves. Available for anyone. There's donuts and cookies and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, it's awesome to work here. Valentine's Day, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to, to go all out and celebrate it. But you know what? If you're going to give me a free donut out of it, I'll gladly say thank you, smile, and eat it. The real day is tomorrow when all the candy goes on sale. Yeah. Yeah. Life hack here. In, in, case, you, in case you guys didn't know, the day after holidays – um, Walgreens and the grocery stores, they usually mark down their candy. And sometimes, well, I think usually it's 50% off. But if the candy's still on the shelf after a few days, they move it up to like 70%. Then you, you ever notice the, 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 the ones that are still on the shelves, like during Easter time, it's always Peeps. Mm-hmm. Cause nobody eats Peeps except for me. I love Peeps actually. Um, and like the, the marshmallow topped Reese's peanut butter cups. No, nobody seems to like those. Yeah, they have like marshmallow, but it's like a Reese's peanut butter cup and it has like a marshmallow topping on it. Huh. Nobody, that nobody gets those. Th- those always make it to the end of the week uh, <laughs> after the holiday has passed. 
But yeah, go to Walgreens, go to CVS, go to your any grocery store tomorrow, and I'll see you there. Yeah, get some uh, get pounds and bags of candy for for half off. It's pretty great. Uh, but yeah, if you uh, want to call in and talk about the day of love or talk about sports stories that you absolutely love, because we all got sports stories that we love. Andrew, I'm sure your favorite sports story, the one that you absolutely love, is the Golden Knights going to the Stanley Cup in 2017. Yeah, it would have been nice if they won it. Yeah. But you know. But hey, first year. Yeah. They, they at least make it on their first year. Mm hmm. And then everyone called you a bandwagon fan after that because even though I was there from day one. Yeah, see that's the unfortunate part about being a a, a team that's new and you make it to the Stanley Cup your first year because it's like how do you determine who's a bandwagon or not? So it's it's the first year, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're getting on the on the ship right now. But no, I'm a the the, the sports stories that I absolutely love. Um, I think about well with the Chargers, not many. That I can love because they've disappointed me time and time and time and time again. So sorry. Um, in my basketball fandom, me being a Lakers fan, I've seen my team win six championships in my lifetime. So obviously, I certainly love that. Um, you know, I know in Tucson, Arizona, the the one year that's very near and dear, the one year that a lot of people love here in Tucson, Arizona, is 1997. Mm. Because that was a year the Arizona men's basketball team won it all. They cut down the nets. And that year's special in in my family because that was the year that we moved from Huntington Beach to Arizona. So I'm, uh, I'm not born and raised in Tucson. I'm just raised. I grew up in Huntington – or I grew up. I was born in Huntington Beach. I don't remember living in California at all. We, we moved to, to Arizona – and I was uh, I was a Tucsonan my entire life. I'm a Tucsonan. That's all I remember is growing up in Tucson, Arizona. And the one thing that I know about Tucson, Arizona, is 1997, the year that Arizona won it all. That is the year that Tucsonans can all agree on. That it was just so great. It didn't matter whether you grew up on the south side of Tucson. It didn't matter. If you grew up on the north side, it, it didn't matter what part of Tucson you grew up on. A lot of people in Tucson were all Arizona Wildcats fans. And when they won it in 1997, the city all came together. And every single March, there's just like, there's a certain buzz around Tucson, Arizona, whenever the Cats are in the big dance. That's just that's just the way it is. And I know that the 1988 Final Four team is very beloved as well because that was the first team that went to the Final Four. But that 1997 team, that was the, that's the one memory that a lot of Tucsonans absolutely love. So if you want to talk about uh, sports moments that you love, sports moments that you absolutely hold near and dear to your heart, you're more than welcome to call in at 719-1490, 719-1490. The one thing that I loved this past weekend, watching the Super Bowl and seeing Super Bowl 57 with the Chiefs winning, is Patrick Mahomes' dad saying that he he's a... Smoking on Philly Pack, and he's been smoking cigars all uh, throughout the playoffs and has been celebrating every win by the Chiefs by smoking a cigar. Well, Cameron Cox from Phoenix caught up with Patrick Mahomes Sr., and this is what he had to say. Yes, sir. How, how does this, what you smoking on 
Tonight, I'm smoking on that Philly Blunt tonight. Yeah, that Philly Blunt, you know, just chilling out, hanging out, man. Hey, great game. It was a great game. Take me through your emotions watching that game. How incredible was that? Well, it's surreal, man. I mean, uh, your son gets to realize his dream, you know, a couple of times, you know, and this kind of solidifies, you know, his place and everything. So, you know, he's going to go out there and play the game the way it's supposed to be played. I mean, the way he was taught. So, you know, it's all good. Was there ever a doubt? Were you worried at all? No, man. You know, when he went down, he's come up limping a little bit. I, I got a little concerned, but uh, once he gave me the okay, he, he gave me the thumbs up. I knew he was good, so I knew we'd be okay. Let everybody at home know who the Super Bowl champs are. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're going to do this thing again, so don't worry about it. Give everybody one puff. Come on. Oh, I want time on that Billy Blunt. <laughs> Cuban stocks, nigga. That's what I'm smoking on. <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> he's so great, <laughs> dude. Patrick Mahomes senior, <laughs> the best. Yeah, that cigar would make mob bosses jealous. That thing's huge. <laughs> Gosh, gotta love Patrick Mahomes senior. All right, if you want to call into the show, seven one nine fourteen ninety is that phone number. Seven one nine one four nine zero. Coming up next, uh, we're gonna celebrate Arizona's birthday. This beautiful state turning 111 years old today. We're going to celebrate Arizona's birthday coming up next year on ESPN Tucson. <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day, Arizona's birthday. Jeremiah. So you got to play some Jeremiah. Good. Man. Happy birthday. In case you want to get freaky with the whole state. <laughs> Happy birthday, Arizona. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, did everyone else's phone just blow up? Yeah, I almost, almost threw my phone across the room. I thought it was going <laughs> to destruct. This message will now self-destruct. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so apparently there's a, what, hazmat spillage on I-10? Yeah. In, in Rita Road? Mm-hmm. So if you're, uh, over there, please be careful. Yeah. Um, I have, uh. Turn off that AC. You yeah, don't need that. I have some, uh, some family who, uh, live over there, so. Yeah, please uh, be careful if you're over on that side of town. Yeah. Turn off your, your AC, your heater, anything that can bring in outside air, because you don't want, like Andrew said, you don't want that. You don't want that in your house. Ain't, Ain't nobody, nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody. I got bronchitis in my lungs. For real. Ain't nobody got time for that. For real. All right, so we are uh, closing out uh, hour number one here of Spears and Ali. Uh, coming up in hour number two, we're going to hear from Tyler Dragon of USA Today at 425. He'll talk to us about... NFL storylines. Uh, we'll also uh, talk about top five NFL storylines for Top Five Tuesday. Um, but we're gonna spend the next couple of minutes uh, talking about this beautiful state of Arizona. So Arizona turning 111 years old today, and you know I've been spending my entire life in Arizona, and I'm very thankful that we are able to to live in this state uh, because you know I think about all the, like the the natural disasters. I mean, we were just talking about a hazmat spillage on, on I-10, uh, you know, just a couple of minutes ago. But, yeah. the, you know, Apparently th there's a fire. That's why they're telling everyone to close their vents. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's not, not, no bueno. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think about it. You know, we don't have any hurricanes. We don't have tornadoes. We don't have landslides for the most part. Just hazmat spills. Um, just hazmat spills. <laughs> And weird Tubi commercials that make you think that you're sitting on the remote during Super Bowl Sunday, but you're actually <laughs> not. 
uh, yeah, I'm very thankful to live in the state. Uh, and I, I think, you know, especially down here in Tucson, Arizona, you just have a blend of so many people who come from all different walks of life. Um, you know, I was actually recently talking about that with my, my older brother. You know, with Davis Monthan, with Raytheon, with the University of Arizona, with a lot of other jobs, it brings in all sorts of people from other parts of the country and the world. And you, you just have this melting pot of all these different cultures, which I find to be really cool. And, you know, thankfully down here in Tucson, we're not this the, this concrete jungle like Phoenix. We have the outdoors. We, we can go up Tumamoc. We can go hiking wherever we want. We have all these golf courses that we can choose to play on. Uh, think about the weather. I mean, year-round, it is so warm. And then you have your, you know, little bits of winter that actually feels like a winter. And I know I've been I've been feeling it over the last uh, couple weeks. But I just I love Tucson, Arizona, and specifically I love this beautiful state of Arizona. So happy birthday, AZ, 111 years old. You don't look a day over 20. Appreciate you, more Spears and Ali, coming up next year on ESPN Tucson.